Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I'm joined by Kristen Anderson from the podcast Guide to the Unknown to talk about what you should read if you are also obsessed with the showtime sensation that is Yellow Jackets. So, Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Like, worlds are colliding because I've wanted to come back on the show And I am obsessed with Yellow Jackets. And so when I messaged you about it and you said that you had just finished it, it just, it was kismet. It was. Or should I say (laughs) buzz, buzz, buzz. Yes. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, Oh, and so finding some books that have that vibe and staying in that world has been delightful. Oh my gosh. I, yes, I started watching it because everyone on Twitter was talking about it. And it was like, what is everyone talking about? I... I hadn't seen a trailer for it. I really only went into it on word of mouth. And I did yeah. not regret so it. So did you know anything about it? I you knew, went in totally cold? I knew Plane Crash. And the thing is, I was like, well, Amazon released that show like a year or two ago, The Wilds, about teen girls after a plane crash. So I'm like, is this just yep. kind of that? And I will say, if you have seen that, this is that premise, but a very different direction. Like They're both good mm-hmm. shows. They both go different directions and different takes on that. I haven't seen The Wild. So is that a little bit more straightforward survival? Kind of. There is also like a bit of a twist on that. I will say that one's a bit more, I mean, Yellow Jackets is character centric, but Yellow Jackets has like mysteries and like possible supernatural, possible folk horror and like back and forth to the future. Or yeah, Wild is a bit more straightforward. There is a twist, but it's kind of like lost in that you know every episode is like this is a this character episode we're gonna follow this character and like what were they doing what were they doing that led them to get on this plane and like what is their motivation their backstory and like the next episode is this character's story yeah i know i it seems like it's such a natural way to format shows about some sort of survival or like desertion thing to the point that I didn't realize the parallels, which seems so no duh, but the parallels between Yellow Jackets and Lost, I just, I think Lost was kind of far from my mind. And when I was telling my brother Will about Yellow Jackets, telling him he should watch and describe me, he was like, so it's like Lost. Like, you know, there's a plane crash, there are flash forwards, flashbacks, there's kind of supernatural. And I was like, I guess it kind of is on paper, but it doesn't feel anything yeah. like it. But it's a it's a good way to tell a story without having to be in the same place and isolated with them in wherever they are, island or whatever. Yeah, because my yeah, my parents brought it up because we always talk about like what we're watching and they mentioned that they were thinking about yellow jackets and I said, Oh, like I just finished it and I loved it. And my dad said, I heard it was a lot like lost and I was like, Is it? I guess yeah. yeah. <laughs> They share the same DNA, like structurally, but it, I mean, it's so not like Lost that it truly hadn't even occurred to me. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was like, oh, uh, I guess. Yeah. Well, because I was thinking, I'm like, oh, you're just thinking plane crash and going with that. And it's not that, but yes, I see where you're going. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I, I get it, but they feel super different. Were you a big Lost head? Yes, I was while it was airing. Um, I I wasn't I wasn't like I was super into it and I stayed dedicated but I would say for the last few seasons pretty much at the end of every episode I was like Ugh, why am I watching this why am I doing this I found it super frustrating but I still stuck it through to the end and I have to say Lost was one of the first fandoms of the internet age that I got super, super into because of all the Easter eggs in it. So there were other things in life that I would get into and obsessed with, but Lost was the first thing that I would watch a TV show and then go online and read the Entertainment Weekly Doc Jensen recaps that helped you understand what was happening and websites dedicated to, you know, noticing polar bears in the backgrounds of scenes. And I feel like that was as much part of my experience of Lost as actually watching the show, if not more. I loved dissecting the mystery of it. Did you watch it? So I didn't watch it. I don't think I caught it when it was airing at all. But it was when Netflix streaming came out. It was like one of Mm. the few shows that was on it. And I remember my um, brother, sister, and dad were out at like a church thing or something. So it was just my mom and I. And we had just had like a bunch of laundry. And we sat down and just decided to watch the pilot. 
we did not move from that couch that whole week. We found things to do that would make us still feel like productive while sitting on that couch. We archived all of our family photos just so we could have something to do and not have to leave the couch. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I get especially that first season. Mm-hmm. That is so gripping. I mean, all throughout, there are moments that are like the biggest, like, mic drop what the hells of all TV, I think. Yeah. You know, like finding the hatch? What are you kidding me? There's someone in there, huh? It's amazing. Yeah. It was just wild. Well, my mom growing up was not a big TV person. Like, she would get annoyed with us. But just to see her completely sucked into this show where she's like, I can't, we got to do the next one. That's, it's not done. Like, go on to the next one. I have to know. That's a nice experience. I think it was a communal experience for a lot of people. Like, I always watched it with my brother and some friends. And then even, yeah, online communal because people were trading theories like crazy about it. So I think that your experience is very sweet and tracks. There's just something about that show. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. So because of that, because I watched it literally all in one go. Um, I didn't get too caught up on the mysteries, but I mean, I binged this too. And then I went into the YouTube, like, what does it mean? Who is the antler queen? Who is pit girl? Like there are so many things. There's more people that are alive, right? We are only following the four, but we know there's gotta be who else is alive. Like people like, yeah, watching YouTube breakdowns of like people going through and like matching the shoes and like this is what it's got to yes. be. Like, so I do see the same rabbit holes that people are going down in the Reddit threads. <laughs> oh, are. without a doubt. And it's so much fun. Like, I just, I love the show itself so much. And then it's so nice to see how many people have really grasped onto it. And I've read interviews with like writers and creators and they're very aware of all this stuff and they find it fun. Like now they call that character the Antler Queen, even though that wasn't something that they came up with. And same with Pit Girl. And I I think that it's kind of, at least in my kind of circle of interest, I feel like it's caught the interest of people more than any show that I can think of in the past bunch of years. The only thing I could think to compare it to was, um, as far as modern TV, is kind of Haunting of Hill House, because people also, after they watched that, there were a lot of, there are a million BuzzFeed articles, like, here are all the ghosts in the background of Haunting of Hill House. So people were looking into Easter eggs that were a little bit more visual Mm -hmm. for Hill House, um, but had a similar, like, fervor of let's talk about this and rehash it. Yeah. I think that. I mean, also, I think maybe Game of Thrones was our last big, like, community. Like, everyone was watching this until the, you know, fizzled out at the end. Yeah. It's funny. I actually didn't watch Game of Thrones. So I'm outside of that community, but I have a ton of friends who did. And I, you're completely right. That was like lit the world on fire TV. Yeah. My husband read the books and he is so mad about how it ended. He does not even acknowledge the show happened. It's like, I don't know what you're talking Let's about. Just, it never happened. I refuse. I'm not aware of that. That's that's like me with any um, Harry Potter material, J.K. Rowling being a monster notwithstanding but like stuff that's not the main books like fantastic beasts and stuff i'm just like that's i understand that exists i understand that's technically canon but it's not Kristen canon Mm -mm. i don't recognize that as true (laughs) uh so for listeners who are unaware what would you say yellow jackets is about how would you pitch this to somebody Ooh, i don't i don't think i have an elevator pitch ready but it is about following a group of girls and women who are on a soccer team together and are flying to a tournament when their plane crashes and they are abandoned in the woods. And we um, kind of move through time between them in the woods and then four of those survivors in current day as adults. Um, And there are supernatural elements. uh, There are mystery elements. There's kind of culty stuff. And it's very layered. It feels very true to like the teenage girl and woman experience, which I think is part of it. And it has this heavy dose of really satisfying, like non-cloying 90s nostalgia, both in the um, 
the time in the woods and that sort of it takes place back then in 1996 so you have good music mm -hmm. and references and clothing and then the modern day older women um some of them are iconic 90s actresses like juliette lewis and christina ricci and melanie linsky so, and Tawny Cypress um, is amazing as well, even though she doesn't really fit into that like nostalgia pocket. She plays Thaisa, um, but it's it's amazing. <laughs> I do, and I love all of these characters. Like all these characters are following are all so fascinating in their own oh. way. Oh my god, I could almost everybody, and even people who are side characters or who seem to be side characters that you're not as mm -hmm. invested in, like in the 1996 timeline when they're teenagers, Lottie is someone who's there and you're kind of aware of, but, you know, not a main character. And she really is approaching a main and seems to be set up to be a big main character who puts in motion a lot of things by the time the series ends. And same with Jeff, like Shauna's husband in the older, you know, modern day timeline or whatever. He's just this like schmucky dude who you're like, ugh, no thanks. Yeah. And, then, and then by the end, I was like, oh, I love Jeff. Me too. Well, they did such a good job of like having you feel a certain way about it where I was watching it and I'm like, fuck off. Like, Oh, totally. And I, then I don't I was need like, you. Oh, look at you, Jeff. Like you're adorable. What a sweetheart. I love you. I know I was like this you know what this guy gets Shauna and he like loves her for her flaws he has flaws too and like this this is a good guy did you have a favorite character <sighs> hmm I guess I would have to say Shauna it you know she's kind of the main main so that almost feels like a cop-out but I think that she's complicated in such an interesting way mm -hmm. although as i'm saying that i i mean i really i genuinely pretty much like all of them misty is so much fun to watch yes like i love scenes with her she's played by christina ricci also juliette lewis as natalie is amazing but definitely there's a little bit more like feeling with the shauna scenes for me that i really enjoy what about you i think so too i do love natalie um, yeah old and like the flashback and modern day like she's such an interesting character but yeah I mean we do I think spend the most time with Shauna and there is just I feel like so many relatable things about Shauna like I was always kind of yeah. like the kind of passive introvert friend that had like the more extroverted exciting friends oh, and I always was just kind of like I guess tagging along and would have to have my times where I'm like I don't like this like you think I like this but I'm not into this <laughs> moments i was absolutely in the same position so i think that might be why we both find her very relatable she gets her moments she gets her time to shine oh yeah no she's amazing i think she's just kind of like you know a little bit more quietly amazing mm -hmm. i guess she doesn't quite have like the the classic hot teenager looks that her best friend jackie does even though she's beautiful um, but she, I don't know, she has this strength that I feel like builds mm -hmm. up and up through the season in both timelines. Like also, even though, you know, again, she's probably not somebody that people would think of as like a cover model, adult Shauna is so like confident, even though she's a little bit like a little bit bored by life, like not super satisfied. She still has this like underlying fire that you can just feel she's a super interesting, compelling person. She is and how she's underestimated by her yeah. husband and teenage daughter. Oh, yeah. And I love that she has that like, she still has that feral streak. She's like, yeah, I saw a bunny in my backyard and it was annoying me. So guess what? Like I killed it, I skinned it and I put it in this chili. I loved that. I think that was in the first episode. And I was like, whoa, mama. <laughs> like, it was such a cool way to communicate to something about her and something about their time out there. Because that's not an average skill that just everybody has. So you're like, oh, she's used to killing and skinning things and like perfectly butchering them. What the hell made that happen? Yeah. Oh, God. It's just so good. I think so to compare it to another show. 
I don't think that I personally have been quite as obsessed and wrapped up in the mystery of things and the possible supernatural aspects and everything since I first watched Twin Peaks, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. And this show, Yellow Jackets, has a similar like dark bent but also with moments of goofiness and moments of humanness that is like it seems to be the secret sauce for me i just absolutely love it have you watched twin peaks do you feel this at all i watched it a few years ago because i think i was very young when it came out and like i don't know my family was not a twin peaks same. family so like, <laughs> I just like, same I, I didn't watch it like as it came out i think i I, honestly, I think I knew that it was like a cool thing when I was in my 20s and I bought the um, the gold disc set of it off of eBay sight unseen because I was like, oh, I'm into cool things. I'm a hip gal. And then I luckily did end up loving it. <laughs> well, it was funny because I do. I am a sucker for like a really cliched, like missing girl and small town story. Oh, same. So I was like, same. yeah, I'm into this. And then it just got like, it turned into something else. And I'm like, you know what? Still into this. <laughs> I know. It is very much that. Yeah. <laughs> and this has a little bit, I guess, even the same way, like, you know, sort of shipwrecked, not really, but you know, girls. And so you think it's gonna be one thing, but then pretty early on, you're noticing that there are mystery elements mm -hmm. beyond just a kind of true crimey sort of feel like the symbols on trees that are carved everywhere on the island what the hell does that mean they find a spooky house and plane? like that yes, works what the hell? yes kind of <laughs> yeah, what is going on <laughs> yeah there's there's so much that i hope we get in season two i mean also with like Thaisa, the way we ended with her, I'm like, well, that just opens up another can of worms. And I'm like, there's been stuff hinted at, I guess, throughout the season, but I need to know more. What is happening? Me too. I, I think also an impact that the show has made on me is that I haven't been as surprised, I think, by a show in a little while. Mm -hmm. Like, I love mysteries and I love horror and spooky stuff. But even with those, like a lot of the things that I tend to watch, like I can either sort of predict it if it's a mystery and I'm still enjoying it. So it's not a problem. Um, or it's a slasher and, you know, I know who Jason is, whatever. Uh, there have been moments in Yellow Jackets that just like shocked the hell out of me where I was like, what? What does that mean? And that thing with Thaisa at the end was one of them for sure. I absolutely can't wait to find out what the deal is with that. And I have a feeling we're not gonna have to wait super duper long just because the show has been so successful that I would imagine that Showtime would wanna capitalize on that and hopefully maybe fast track a season two. I hope so. I need, oh I have God, I hope so. I need to know. But it, I mean, that pilot episode, I think is one of the better pilots I have seen in a long, the opening scene, I think really just wow. <laughs> for this show what was the opening pit scene girl. Can you remind me? it's pit girl oh yeah pit girl yeah girl running in and like falling in there and then the hooded like antler people peering over and then like <laughs> it's so oh you know what maybe you can help clear something up for me i think i misunderstood slash misremembered something that was kind of coloring a lot of the season for me until i realized that it wasn't the case I thought, for whatever reason, that we knew that Antler Queen was Misty. So even when I told like my brother Will about it, who's like the co-host of Guides the Unknown, so I was like telling about this stuff to hopefully cover it. I was like, yeah, so there's this girl, and she's kind of like the mousy, nerdy girl that everybody discounts. But by the end of the episode, they're all worshiping her. I don't know where I got that from. I... We don't see Misty in any place of power, do we, on the island? No, but I think I got that too i think that was my interpretation of it as well so maybe it okay. is like maybe it was a cut maybe we cut to her or something like there was something maybe. that made us think that because i thought yeah, so too then... and i'm like wait so she's not yeah so okay interesting we had the same experience because yeah then people were speculating about who the antler queen is i was like don't we know i i guess we don't i thought the mystery was how she became that but clearly no do you have any casting wishes for season two for older survivors? Because I would imagine we're going to start folding in more people who we just haven't followed yet. Lottie, I wouldn't know. Van, I would also like to see back. And I also don't know who we would do for Van. I was thinking for Van, maybe Alicia Witt. Do you know who that no, is? I she has red hair. Right look her up and you'll know her face. 
I'm thinking, I'm like, what redhead actress is joining it? Lindsay Lohan? We'll bring her out from retirement. I'll take yeah. it. I would absolutely. She'd be a 90s I, You know, I would too. take it, but it, it would also take me out of it a little bit because, unfortunately, she's become so Lindsay Lohan to me. It True. would be a little hard. I also don't know if it's a... I think I would enjoy it. I don't think it's a terrible thing, but I would understand if they wouldn't want to feel like they now have to always be casting nineties, two thousands actresses. It might get a little weird and like feel stunty or something, but at least for the fun of thinking about it, I can't help but think about actresses like that who were (laughs) big then. (laughs) Did you see her and know who she is? Urban legend. Oh yeah. Oh, she's the urban Mm -hmm. legend girl. The final girl. Yes. (laughs) Yep. I love Urban Legend, by the way. Do you like that movie? I do, too. It's so good. It was a movie we had. It was one of the few horror movies we had on VHS growing up. Ooh, fun. So that was our, like, sleepover movie. I'm like, we're watching Urban Legend. Again. And we're all going to love it because it rules. (laughs) Also because that is the only thing I have. So (laughs) So we we better love it. (laughs) Um, Also, Shannon Sossaman, I'm ready for. She was in, like, uh, the rules of, what was it called? Or the rules of engagement, that 90s, like, um, Freddie Stanellis movie. Oh, yeah, rules of and attraction. And a tale. That's what I mean. Yep. Yeah, I could see she that. She had iconic short hair yeah, that everybody tried to do. brought to the hair cuttery and didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. There's just so many things I need, I need covered in season two. And it was funny. I was going through the TikTok hashtag for Yellow Jackets and just people making all these theories. And some of them mm-hmm. were before the finale had come out. And they're like, this character is the Antler Queen. And like having seen the finale, I'm like, mm, she's not. though. So. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Well, yeah. It's like this post did not age well. I'm like that's the that's the fun of theories, though. You just throw things out a wall and. Sometimes something, sometimes something sticks. Totally. It's that's it's a swing and a miss sometimes. But that's exactly the fun of it. Like to just make a guess and just to think about mm-hmm. it is the fun of it. That is true. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer. You get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. All right, so we got together and we came up with a list of books that we think people would be into if they liked Mm -hmm. Yellow Jackets. And I think the fun with this is that there are so many aspects to Yellow Jackets. So it's like, if you liked this part of it, you could do this. If you liked this part of it, here you go. Yeah, then you'll like that. Uh, So one of the ones we read, uh, that we had both read, was uh, Final Girl Support Group by Grady Mm -hmm. Hendrix. Yes. I mean, almost required reading, I would say, for modern horror book lovers. Grady Hendrix is awesome. I think so, too. And I think if you like the idea of grown women, like, bonding together over shared trauma aspect Mm -hmm. of it yes yeah that's definitely if you were very into the adult timeline of yellow jackets then you'll be especially into final girl support group and 
people who haven't talked in a long time, mm-hmm. having to, you're right, reconnect and kind of like bond over their shared trauma and sort of work together toward a common goal, maybe even if their personalities don't necessarily gel. Modern day, Final Girl Support Group is very much that. Yeah. Also, if you're a lover of Easter eggs and you grew up watching slasher movies. It's so fun. Yeah, you're right. There are Easter eggs in Yellow Jackets. There, This is like a chock-a-block book full of Easter eggs. Like like one-to-one sort of things you can kind of be like okay so the storyline for this character is based on friday the 13th Uh so the storyline for this character is like i think silent night deadly night is in there Uh maybe i'm wrong um yeah it's very cool yeah it it was a ton of fun to where i kind of wonder what people's reading experiences were if they weren't as obsessed with slashers like i'm kind of curious about that that's a good question it does seem like a book that you would get the most out of if you're coming to it with that sort of background knowledge mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think there may maybe there are almost like asides and things you'd be like well what does that mean why is that here yeah but you, you can probably just gloss over them probably. if you don't really know that much about slashers but it'll probably be more fun if you do yeah because in uh my heart is a chainsaw jade the main character has kind of like a side chapters where she's like here's what you need to know about slashers da, 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 da. and she's you like know, writing to like a teacher doing a project but it's like and here's like this happens and this happens and then like in this movie we have this this and this and so she's kind of like educating you like during her narrative chapters she does drop a lot of like easter eggs and stuff but she does have like here's what you need to know about final girls yeah, just in case you don't already. You know, that it, I feel like that's another thing that's almost like a quintessential book lately, and I haven't read it yet. I really I, liked it. I've heard it's really yeah. good on audio, so I kind of want to reread it that way. Oh, you know what? I I would like to get it on audio then because I have some, like, ancient credits um, that I need to use. So that's a good tip. That would be a good one. Um, so, yeah, Final Girl Support Group is about, like, this support group for essentially – final girls that have gone through that were like sole survivors of like awful essentially massacres yeah and uh and like in this world these like horror movie-esque villains like all of this is real so you're following essentially Mm -hmm. like what if the real life sydney and the real life alice and the real life you know whoever got together and like what would that look like and what do they grow up to be? Yeah. You know, we, we've kind of seen that. Well, we have seen that with like Sydney. Um, but a lot of these other movies don't follow them into their like, you know, 40s, 50s. So it's sort of imagining what that trauma mm-hmm. evolves someone into. So, yeah, I think that is a good. Uh, I think that would be definitely a good read like for Yellow Jackets. Like I said, if you like the grown women bonding yeah. over shared trauma. Yes. Oh, I think that def- it definitely stood right out to me as a perfect kind of one-to-one for that aspect of Yellow Jackets. Oh, I think so, too. So that is Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. Mm-hmm. And you spoke to Grady Hendrix, right? Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. It was fun. Although, like, I completely forgot the character names. And I'm like, you know, the Texas Chainsaw one? And he's like, Marilyn. I'm like, the one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine. Look, there are a lot of names out there. <laughs> You're only one Stephanie. I know. I need to try to do like character cheat sheets because that is like one thing I never remember character names ever. You know what? Me me neither. I, I'm not great with that either. I get you. <laughs> Another book that we thought fit this well was uh, We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. And this is another. I mean, these two books really kind of perfectly slotted into older timeline and newer timeline and we ride upon sticks is about a sports team field hockey who get into witchcraft so you're really getting that aspect of yellow jackets where they're all a team and kind of engaging in things that are not of this world i think yes i like that and it's also a lot of 80s nostalgia so instead of the 90s this is a very 80s book oh the descriptions of hair Yes, the claw that, you know, so you know how like there would be bangs that were like a perfect half circle with like a tunnel between somebody's forehead and the bangs. They refer to a character's bangs as the claw like that. Yeah. And it has supernatural powers. (laughs) Yep. Of course it does. 
It would. It, honestly, in the 80s, if any inanimate part of us as a society were to become sentient and have powers, it would be those bangs. It would be the claw. This like starts off at like a field hockey camp and they all do like a ritual with like an Emilio Estevez like folder or like notebook. And they yes, like which I appreciated. <laughs> they like rip off pieces and like make uh, little wristbands. And that's what starts mm-hmm. everything. And they just start winning games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also, I like that. It's also like, it's a comedic book. Like, it's a little bit goofy and fun. And so they basically refer to their higher power, if you will, as Emilio. Because it started in the Emilio Estevez notebook. And, you know, it's it feels right and it's fun. Anybody who's seen another stakeout knows that Emilio Estevez is a higher power. Yeah, there were so many things I liked about this book. I also liked that it kind of had this collective we voice throughout, yes. like, we as a team. And you still follow different people in the team and, like, what they were going through. And you kind of see them all come into their power in different ways mm-hmm. throughout, which I think is also, like, a Yellow Jackets thing. Like, they have time to prove themselves, like, in one way or another and how valuable they are. Yeah, they have their time to shine individually and you can follow their arc and then come back to somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it absolutely has a similar feel to Yellow Jacket. So if that's something you're hankering for, that is out there. Yeah, we were talking. This one is a bit more sporty. So if you were like, you know what I loved in Yellow Jackets? The soccer. Maybe you would like, (laughs) you know, you know, all those soccer scenes that we get. (laughs) You know, the bountiful long soccer scene. We get one where a girl's leg gets broken, and that is like th- the soccer scene. It's ser- yeah, there are some body That's episode horror. one again. Episode one. Yes, it really is just episode one, pretty much. You see a lot of like pulverized legs in episode one. Yeah, like melted. <laughs> it's no bone anymore. Yeah, it's gnarly. But you move on pretty quickly. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, that girl broke her leg. Anyway, we have so much stuff to get to. We cannot even stay here. Look, you understand that now, right? Okay, so let's move on. There are symbols in the woods and a lady wearing antlers. (laughs) Uh, So those two, I think, fit it super well. Uh, There were a few other books that I thought of, though. One is Fantastic Land by Mike Bakovin. And this is if you like the survival horror aspect of it. But this follows, this is a documentary about mm-hmm. something that happened at Fantastic Land, which is a theme park in Orlando. I love that kind of format. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm a real sucker for like, this is a documentary about this thing. This is a podcast about this thing. <laughs> for some reason, when I'm reading a book description and it has that, I'm like leaning in. Yeah. I'm the same. So this is like they're interviewing different people that were there or connected in some way. But essentially, there was a hurricane and the park was for the most part evacuated except for the workers. So the workers were stuck in the amusement park for several weeks. And it Uh is about how it devolved. And it, you know, this is obviously comparing it to Disneyland. So there's like the underground tunnels and the resorts that are there and how the workers all kind of went into different camps. Like, oh, this is the Adventureland camp and the Tomorrowland camp. And like, this This sounds great. This sounds like, did you like this? I loved this. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good to me. I've heard it's good on audio too, because I think they do the different voice actors for like the different people coming in and saying like their side of the story and like, let me tell you what it was like this house. Oh, fun. I love that. So it was very creepy and fun. If you did like the survival horror, kind of like Lord of the Flies, how does a a small society devolve in like stressful situations, like when decisions Mm -hmm. need to be made and leaders need to be chosen uh, type of thing? Like this is definitely good for that. And it sounds like it has kind of a a fun aspect of it too. Like a little bit, it's Yellow Jackets isn't like, you know, super goofy or anything, but it's not heavy, heavy, heavy all the time. And so it sounds like this takes that and sort of like expands on it. Yeah, they have like the mushroom prom. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that brought me back to my own prom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to share some details? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I didn't even go to prom. <laughs> but if I if that was the prom, I'm sure I would have attended. If they gave everyone hallucinogenics <laughs> at the door. <laughs> Honestly, at that age, yes, I would have. 
And maybe today. Give me a micro Honestly, dose. Yeah. We'll talk. Yeah. I'm not writing it off. Oh, man. Another good one I thought would fit, again, the survival horror aspect is The Ruins by Scott Smith. Did you see the movie? No. This is another surprising blind spot for me because I've heard that the book is good, the movie is good, but I have, no, I haven't engaged with this. I really like it. I know the movie, I think the movie is hit or miss with like horror fans. Personally, I'm a fan of it. I think it's getting kind of like a resurgence because, oh God, I'm trying to think what we talked about. On Guides the Unknown, we talked about some topic that must have been like ruins adjacent. And we got a lot of feedback from people who were like, oh, you should check out the ruins. It's really good. So it seems like it's getting its due today. I think we're doing a lot of that with a lot of movies that came out in the 2000s that were written off. Like I have been a big fan of House of Wax and I'm glad that it is finally getting its due. And people are like, you know what? This was good. And all we talked about then was Paris Hilton. You know what? No. I was about to cite the exact same thing. People are definitely noticing that House of Wax is actually really good. Yeah. I think one of the better Dark Castle movies. Yeah. I, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I do. I like that era. I'm just, again, nostalgic for it. It's my, like, nostalgic hotspot. Oh, without a doubt. Like, 90s, early 2000s, and anything teen girl, mm-hmm. I'm kind of instantly if not all the way in like that's getting me 50 percent of the way there it's just it's it's a sweet spot for me so this also has a group of survivors turning against each other uh the setup for the ruins is that there's four americans vacationing in mexico at a resort Uh, they meet someone at the poolside who has a brother who is at a like archaeological site at some in some ruins but he hasn't heard from him so he kind of asks you know these group of americans if they want to go with him uh and kind of hike and like spend a day but like help him find his brother who he hasn't heard from mm-hmm. a few of them are like yeah sure like the one girl is very reluctant to go and she gets dragged along that's me it's a no for me dog yeah that's what i'm saying every every a lot of people's issue with that movie is that she is a whiny character and i'm like no <laughs> I understand. Justice for the whiny characters, okay? Justice for Franklin. Like, these are bad situations. Yes, they absolutely are. I would either say, no, thank you. See you later. You can come back and meet me later. Or I would somehow get dragged along because my defenses are down and I can be people pleasy. And Mm -hmm. then I'd be bitching about it the whole time. And be like, we should turn back, even when we're, like, already there. Yeah, so they... uh get to the ruins and um there's a group of locals that will not let them leave so they are stuck on those ruins when they get there and is it like locals quote unquote is this scary people hmm? or not people are these like creatures of some no, sort no they're they're locals okay they're just like, guarding something on the ruins so mm. they cannot leave Uh And it's just like the way it devolves and this is very body horror heavy. Like it just if you like that Mm -hmm. aspect of it, of like if you want to watch a group of people devolve as like resources. Have their legs melted. (laughs) (laughs) As resources get slim. And yeah, you have to watch people make uh, on site like big medical decisions like on the first episode of Yellow Jackets. It's like, yeah. Decisions need to be made right now. It's right. <laughs> yeah, we have no time to take a vote. That was a great scene too. Oh my! It was amazing. <laughs> I know. I was like, whoa! Really? That pilot really is amazing. It, it really is kind of like a little mini encapsulation of all of the larger elements of the show, which I think is what a lot of the best pilots do. Yeah, it was directed by Karen Kusama too. I know, and the f- finale was directed by Eduardo Sanchez from Blair Witch. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, listen. like the Blair Witch Project, yeah. the original. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Actually, I can kind of see that we do get a little, like, a little more into the folk horror-y yep. aspect of it there too. Sure but, do. Oh man. Uh, one I saw on a lot of like read-alike lists too was The Return by Rachel Harrison. Rachel. Yes, Harrison. I saw that too. Yep. And I can see that. So this is about a close-knit group of friends and. Uh, there's a one friend that is like married and like seemingly doing okay and she just goes on a hike and goes missing but there's like one friend who refuses to believe that she's dead you know like they kind of get to a point where it's like you know we got to have a funeral we got to just like do the formal thing and move on Mm -hmm. um 
but the one friend is very reluctant to do that and then surprise missing friend comes back out of nowhere no memory of what's happened to her yeah and she all of a sudden wants to have a like girls trip at this like very weird like madonna inn-esque hotel and like reconnect but she is just acting weird like there's she was like a lifelong vegetarian and she's like really digging into like me yeah and it is just like what is going on and who is this that also said, so this has been something that's been like sitting on my list on story graphs like for a while. And that sounds great. And it does, it sounds like it can fit into kind of a yellow jackets y sort of theme mm-hmm. too. Like a group of friends, something traumatic happened. We're not all the same people and a larger mystery. Yes. And I think also really gets into complicated female friendships i think that's something rachel harrison does really well is like the female friendships at the center of all her novels like did you read cackle i didn't read cackle but i started reading reckless girls and i read she wrote under a pseudonym as aaron sterling i think it is she wrote like a rom-com called the x hex oh yeah and yeah it's actually it's really cute and good actually so it's about like a town of witches. I think it only came out maybe like last year. And actually, if I remember correctly, there is kind of a complicated female friendship in that as well. So maybe that's something that she is really interested in. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked this. But it was one of those things where I saw it on the lists and I'm like, you know what? I can see that. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you're like, does it? Ah, yeah, I see. Uh, But then going back to survival horror, The Troop by Nick Cutter, which is funny because Book Talk has just kind of like rediscovered The Troop. And I see so many TikToks of people reading it and they're like, (laughs) I wonder if it's because it's I don't know if it still is, but it was on Kindle Unlimited for a while. Maybe. So maybe people have seen it there and then gotten into it. Because when I was in a trial, I kept seeing it and putting off reading it. So I never got around to it. Yeah. Are they like, because it's gross or what? Yeah, it is. This is, so this is very much Lord of the Flies-esque survival horror. This is a Boy Scout troop doing their annual camping trip near Prince Edward Island. Um, And then an unknown intruder comes into their campsite. And what he brings along is something terrifying that spreads along with fear and terror. Uh, Yeah, this is a strong stomach book. Like, you have to have a strong stomach to read this book. It is very body horror heavy in, like, so Mm -hmm. many ways and uh if you're a big like i can't do violence to animals i would say pass on this because this is like there's a lot (laughs) maybe it's not impossible that i came across that information when i was like looking into reading or something because i don't love body horror and i mean i don't think anybody loves violence to animals but that combined with like a kind of trigger for that you know those people that just like really love violence to animals (laughs) those like normal well-adjusted people yeah, right. I was talking about how much I loved watching Shauna dismember a rabbit That's not true. that long ago. So pot kettle. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it sounds maybe a little intense for me as far as like the gross out. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got those like here and there. But I mean, you are following this like Boy Scout troop. And you're following, like, all these different people. You're following, obviously, like, their different backgrounds and, like, what experiences they're bringing into this and dealing with this, like, thing that has spread. And, like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Who can you trust? Oh, my God. I have to look up. I want to know what spread. I'm going to look this up after (laughs) we're done. (laughs) So that I thought would be a good read to, like, if you like, uh, I mean, it's a freezer book. Like, if you like the gross out survival horror like let's push that to the worst case scenario that is the troop by nick cutter yeah if you want to take what's in yellow jackets and like turn it up 10 notches all the grossest parts uh another one i thought would be good is the hunger by amakatsu and the creators of yellow jackets i think tweeted out something of like books that they had enjoyed and this was one of them for them so possibly oh cool inspiration yeah what's this about i saw this on list as well this is a kind of retelling of the donner party with like a supernatural twist so it's like the historical you're following like the different groups there but like in this case there is like a little something supernatural going on that leads to 
uh, that. So I think that would be good. Also, if you want nonfiction uh, about the Donner Party, I really liked The Indifferent Stars Above, The Harrowing Saga of a Donner Party Bride. Um, And this Mm -hmm. just like really got into who everyone was, like what their lives were like, what were they looking for? Like I learned so many things reading this and it was like a very compelling nonfiction story that wasn't just like dry facts. It was this very narrative, like here's who these people are. Here's the situation they were in. Here's what happened. Books like that are such a joy. I love that kind of narrative nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So that sounds great. You know what I read? It's a completely different subject, but I just finished recently. Um, Don't call it a cult about Nexium, and um, that read kind of like narrative nonfiction too. In case that's anything people are interested in, I have seen that book everywhere, and I did not know it was about Nexium. I was just kind of thought it was about cults in general. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I've read and wa- well, I guess watched um, a lot of stuff about Nexium, mm-hmm. and it was still like I don't know. It just goes into it a little bit more deeply in some ways that I hadn't come across before, and talks to victims of his that we weren't introduced to in, for instance, The Vow on HBO, um, which was a mini series about it, and uh, it's it's really really good. I totally recommend it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's been, there's been so many like crazy things. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. And then last one I started, but I didn't finish. Uh, But I saw this comparison when the wilds came out. Like when people are like, I really like the wilds. What should I read? Um, People were saying you should read Beauty Queens by Libba Bray. So I started listening to that. Have you read it? Yep. I started it. I did too. (laughs) Yes. It is very fun very satirical tongue-in-cheek essentially like this plane holding like all these beauty queen contestants crashes but it, the funny part is is that they do not drop their persona like when they're trying to do right. like attendance like okay so who is here and they're like um so and so miss alaska um my idea of like whatever is to like help the world and like <laughs> yeah right yeah they're not talking like real humans at all (laughs) like they're talking like beauty pageant robots yes and then there's like this omniscient kind of like presence narrating that's like anyway we got to be positive and like all this stuff yeah always remember to keep a smile on your face so it's got like that kind of tone throughout yes i i struggled with that tone and then i said bye bye to that tone I think that's probably what happened to me, too, where I'm like, you know what? I get what this is doing. I appreciate it. I'm not feeling it, though. Exactly the same. I understand theoretically, but like I there are other things I want to read, basically. Yeah. So but if that sounds good to you and you're like, you know what? That sounds really funny. It was really funny. Yeah. Fun and like kind of like goofy and a light take on this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think there, there are a lot of people who'd really like it. Yeah. So that is Beauty Queens by Libba. I mean, did you have any like watch alikes? Let me see. I mean, I already said Twin Peaks. That's really it's kind of more a tonal thing. Mm-hmm. It, like you wouldn't go into it and being like, "Oh, this is clearly like, where's the plane?" Yeah, crash? right, right. It's it's not like that. But I think tonally, it's a little bit similar. Really, the mystery of Yellow Jackets or mysteries of Yellow Jackets and Twin Peaks are what remind me of each other because there are some supernatural elements and. That's really that. Um, gosh, I don't know. What about you? I've been trying to think. I would think like Lost in the Wilds are like obviously my top. Right. Two. You know what might kind of remind me of it a little bit? Um, There's a show that came out, I think, last year called Cruel Summer on oh, Freeform. Yeah. And that takes place in the mid 90s. And that's a... I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a whodunity mystery. Actually, this is a pretty good watch alike because it also plays with time. You're following people maybe th- three years in the future, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and flashing back to a period before then. So it has those mystery elements, teen girls, friendships, very complicated friendships, um, and that kind of flash forward thing and 90s nostalgia. So actually, that would probably be a, a good watch alike i I loved that show that was one of my favorites from last year yeah that was a great show i really liked it and also kind of the 
missing popular girl. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Laura Palmer-esque yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I can see that. So, yeah, very complicated relationships, complicated characters that we're following, complicated layered protagonists. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. I've made some tough decisions. Yeah. <laughs> made some tough decisions. Nope, were you they, got that right. Were they good? <laughs> they were tough. I'll give them that. They were tough. Oh, man. So, listeners, you'll have to let us know if you have any read-alikes or watch-alikes to really get that Yellow Jackets vibe. And I know there were some books on there that I just haven't read. Like, I know I saw Wilder Girls a lot. I just haven't read Wilder Girls. So. Same. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot. There are. It seems like there's kind of one main list that gets kind of like repopulated a lot as far as Yellow Jackets read-alikes. But it had a lot of interesting things on there. So if anybody out there has listened to them, I would love more, you know, personal kind of cosigns on stuff that you liked. Yeah. So definitely let us know if you have other things that if you think people like Yellow Jackets, they should check out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Kristen, as is tradition on this show. What have you been enjoying lately in horror? What is your chilling obsession? Okay. I have a couple. Let's go. I have like two things. So something that it's almost like I'm going to pass a curse on to your listeners. Um, so on Guides to the Unknown, as we're recording, the most recent show that we did was about the Grudge movie series. And in the course of talking about the Grudge, my brother Will looked up urban legends that might have influenced it. And one of them was a Japanese urban legend that translated to the girl in the gap. And the bare bones of it is that there's like a creepy girl peeking at you in any given gap in your life. So now I'm doing this constantly and freaking myself out. So when there's a door a little bit ajar, I imagine a scary face there. I am doing that left and right recently and just giving myself like the pleasant creepies. Um, so, you know, the, the shower curtain a little ajar. I imagine scary face. Yeah. Oh, you, you've got a gap back yeah. there. That's a good one. Yeah, oh I'm that. already that person, Kristen. Like the other night I was getting into bed and I saw something outside <laughs> and I didn't have my glasses on. And I'm like, is that a person looking at me? And I had to put my glasses on and be like, no, it's not. It's my plant, you dumb, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think I imagine if you're like me, that's a product a little bit of number one, just being a human and especially a woman. And also being like taking in a lot of horror <laughs> stuff a lot of the time. Like it's really easy to imagine that. I did it as a little kid. I remember anytime, maybe not 100% of the time, but when I would go to the bathroom when I was a little kid and go down the hall, I would imagine that Dracula was behind me, like reaching out his scary Dracula hand and about to touch my neck. So I'd have to go faster to the bathroom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like when you're a kid, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night is like the scariest thing. Like in The Sixth Sense, when he terrifying. wakes up, and goes to the bathroom I'm like that is terrifying yeah it's horrifying it's no one else is awake so that's one of the rare times when you're a kid that you're awake and nobody else is all the lights are out it's horrible yeah you have to get there in the dark just be your pants kids yeah (laughs) safer get a little one of those training bodies in your room and then empty it out like an old timey like (laughs) (laughs) latrine (laughs) Stephanie, don't don't tell me because I get up to go to the bathroom like a million times a night already. If if I reach the level of comfortability with myself that I'm using a teeny latrine, then I've gone too far. There aren't many more frontiers for me to cross. And that's one of the last. Okay, I won't push you to that point. It's not even a push, it's a tempt. So that, uh, <laughs> really, my chilling obsession is teeny latrinis. And um, no, so yeah, the girl in the gap, I'm thinking about a lot. And then um, another, like, I don't know, f- group friend centric mystery that I've gotten into recently is that I've been watching Nancy Drew on um, HBO Max. And it's it's like fun and good. I'm not going to tell you that it's going to win any major awards or anything 
but it's enjoyable. Actually, again, it has a little bit of hidden of 90s nostalgia. Like, Scott Wolf is her dad um, from Party of Five, which I didn't watch, but I was just aware of celebrities always. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it's it's just like a, a fun, supernatural mystery show. So it's it's worth a look if you have HBO Max. Is it, is it new? I th- so I'm I'm behind on it. I think that it has either two or three seasons okay. out already, and it's coming back. Right. Um, and I've heard people say that whatever the most recent season, I can't remember whether it was two or three, but that it got really good. And um, I loved Nancy Drew anyway. I loved Nancy Drew books. And so that was another kind of almost immediate, like, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously going to check this out. Yeah. But it's fun that it has... It's distinctly supernatural and not in um, a vague sort of, is it really a ghost way? Like, there are ghost hands all over the place that everybody sees. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's fun. We just finished uh, catching up on the first, like, final half season of Ozark that got released because they're releasing the final season in, like, two chunks. So we just finished going through, like, the first part of that. And it is just always good. Like, I feel like every season I'm like, I don't know, last season was really good. Like, we'll see. (laughs) How could it top it? Yeah. (laughs) My husband is super into Ozark. The only reason I haven't gotten into it is that he, like, rudely started it without me. And then I just, I haven't jumped in there. But, um, and one of my best friends is, like, obsessed with it. I've heard it's great. It is really good. And I think... Yeah, like, my husband and I went into it kind of, like, eye-rolly, like, obviously this is just trying to be Breaking Bad, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, like, we were so into it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, sometimes it's not so bad to be derivative of something else. Like, sometimes when something works, why not see if you can put a different spin on it? Yeah, and they went a a different way with it. And I have really liked it. And I think it's just funny because every season – I'm like, you know, we put the kids to bed and we only have like a little bit of time to ourselves before it's time for us to go to bed. And like, do I really want to watch something super like dark? And then every time that I started, I'm like, no, next episode, next episode. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) I get like that too, where I'm like, maybe I should lighten it up before bed. And then I'm watching something (laughs) like intense. So yeah. And also Jason Bateman in serious role. I mean, he's good in general, but he's really great in serious roles. Like, did you see The Outsider on HBO? Yes. Yeah, he was great in that. Yeah, he's really good. And then Laura Lenny playing a Laura Lenny-esque role. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I just feel like she's always smug, like in everything she is for some reason. (laughs) She is. She feels, you know how she was like the intro to like PBS, like Masterpiece Theater or something? That feels like that essence kind of comes through in what she does. Except in Love Actually. She has like a... Yeah, it's still like a weird. It's not smugness, but it's still like I'm sorry. Like no. this is, this is. I what am it is. Laura Linney, and I'm quite good. So you're all just gonna have to get used to it. Also, I am the only American on this cast. It is unexplained, but that's <laughs> yeah. fine. Right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, on Netflix, I just started watching last night. Uh, Inventing Anna about Anna Delvey. Uh, do you know about that? Oh, maybe I do. Okay, tell me. <laughs> You might. It might ring a bell. It was in the news a lot a few years ago, though. There was this woman who positioned herself as a German socialite living in New York. Yep. And, like, scammed, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars, not just from people, but from, like, corporations she got to give her loans and stuff for this, like, art like artist living space that she wanted to create kind of a la like the Soho house or the wing, like for fancy people. And she eventually got caught. Uh, So this is a Shonda Rhimes story of her life starring Julia Garner from Ozark as Anna Delvey. Interesting. Okay. It's good. good. She's also great in Ozark. Oh, I know. Anytime I've like passed through the room when Ryan's watching it, she's just she's so good and so watchable. And she was also in this show that was on Paramount like a few years ago when Paramount wasn't Paramount Plus. It was just like a a channel that was called Waco about like, you know, the Waco, Mm -hmm. Texas brouhaha. And she was great in that. All right. Well, our other tradition on this show is to ask guests what their final girl song would be. I mean, this was too easy this time because the Yellow Jackets theme song is 
so good mm-hmm. that that would be my final girl song. So that is called No Return. And um, it's by Craig Wedren and Anna Waronker, who are the composers of the score for Yellow Jackets in general, which I thought was so cool. I assumed that it was an existing song. Me too. That they co-opted as the theme song, but it was the written theme song for the show. Okay, because I had the same thing, too, where I was like, uh, in the 90s, I wasn't super into alternative music just because I was a lot younger. So I'm like, I was here for like the pop boy band and girl band hits of the time. So I was there for both. So (laughs) I had a really cool like older cousin who introduced me to like Smashing Pumpkins and like stuff like that. But like there was a lot of stuff I miss. Like I'm I don't know like a ton of hole like and stuff like that. So that's always kind of been a blind spot for me. So I was like, oh, this must just be a song that exists that I didn't know about. Right. I know. I mean, because it's it's such a fully formed. It sounds like an actual yeah. any song. And it's there haven't been a lot of theme songs with like vocals and lyrics. So it's an awesome song. So I would I would have to go with that one. I might have chosen that even if this wasn't a Yellow Jacket centric episode because it's one of the few themes and like intros that I have just left on every time to watch. Yeah, I have to. I'm like, I really like this. I was like, I'll have to look this up. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only reason I I know this stuff about it. Because I was like, oh, I need to know more about this like band and whatever is going on here. And it's just the original composition. Okay, well, I didn't know that. But that is going to go on the playlist for our final girl songs. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today to do a Yellow Jackets themed episode. Thank you so much. I had such a great time. This was, like I said, such a collision of worlds because (laughs) I love Yellow Jackets. I love books in the freezer. I love reading. So this was wonderful. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Oh, it's always so fun to talk to you. So <laughs> thanks. You all hail the antler queen. <laughs> oh, all hail the antler queen. I'm I'm all in. I'm giving her scraps of meat. <laughs> I trust her. I'm wearing her weird necklace. I'm kneeling in the background. <laughs> like, yeah, me too. I'm nodding along to French that I don't understand, but I trust that it's okay. <laughs> There's so much. So it's funny because I don't think we really gave any spoilers, but there's just so many in jokes. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, that just means everybody has to watch Yellow Jackets. Yeah. If you want to get all the jokes and references, you got to go watch yeah. Yellow Jackets. It's yeah. Worse. What a motivating factor that <laughs> to re-listen to this episode so I can understand the dumb in jokes. That's going to be someone's top priority. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They got to get through like 10 hours of TV so they can finally understand the French joke. (laughs) And then smash their head into a window. Yeah, and melt their leg. Where can people find you online? They can find me. (laughs) I was trying to stop laughing and it didn't work. Um, They can find my podcast, Guides the Unknown, at GTTU pod on all social media. And you can find me at Chillin' Kristen. All right. Well, like I said, thank you so much for coming on. And everyone, go watch Yellow Jackets. I mean, and yeah. and read the books that we talked about. But go watch Yellow Jackets. Yes. Primarily watch Yellow Jackets, if we're being real. <laughs> but, you know. I need more people to, like, scream about it with. So go do it. <sighs> Clearly. <laughs> and you'll love it. We're just spreading joy in the world. We really are. You know how there are those, like, studies that are dubious about how, like, if um i don't know like if enough people meditate together in one area that it like reduces the crime rate in that area i think that if enough of us all watch yellow jackets i'm pretty sure we can achieve world peace yeah. i mean it's not like a super peaceful show but no but the joy that yeah. it'll bring you will make you move through the world as a happier kinder person because you're lit up from within or i think you're channeling all the energy that you would have for crimes into figuring out the mystery that's true. Yeah, you're you're exhausted from trying to figure out the mystery, you're like, so you're just going to be chill. Was pink Converse. Yes. When the girl <laughs> who was wearing those, I don't have time to rob a bank. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer on Facebook at facebook.com slash books in the freezer on TikTok at books in the freezer. And you can send us an email at books in the freezer at gmail.com. 
If you would like to support the podcast, there are a few ways to do that. One of them is to become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, definitely go check it out. There's a one, three and a $5 level with all kinds of perks. You can also use the Amazon link that is in the show notes. You click that, it takes you right to Amazon. You do your normal Amazon shopping that you would normally do, and a small percentage of that goes to help the podcast. There are, of course, ways to support the podcast without spending any money. One of them is to leave a preferably five-star review on an app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I don't think we've gotten a new Apple Podcasts review Uh, in all of 2022. So if you are the first review for this year, I will read your review on the next episode. If it's a five-star one and you're not like insulting me, obviously. So um, I would love that. Another way that you can help out the podcast is by sharing about it on social media, sharing it on your Instagram stories. Anything like that is a big help. Tweeting about it. Word of mouth is huge for small podcasts like this. So thank you to all of you that do that and spread the word. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N. And on Instagram at That's What She Read. And that is That's with two A's. So thank you for listening as always. And see you next time on Books in the Freezer. (laughs) 